Hello and welcome to The Word Opened with me, Bramwell, from Holness Ministries. This is a weekly podcast opening God's Word, going through verse by verse and looking at what God's Word, the Bible, says. Can you believe that this is episode 45? You know, we've been going through the book of Acts and today we're going to continue going through the book of Acts picking up in Acts 4 uh, looking at verse 34 onwards. Last week we talked about community and that unitedness of the community of believers, the body of believers of coming together and how they were united and what they did in that unity and that reminder that you The body of believers is to be united. It's to be a group of people that stand with Jesus as their focus, knowing that Jesus has died for their sins, knowing that Jesus has died for all their disobedience, but knowing that he rose again, knowing that that's not it, that it's not finished with his death but there is a resurrection and that we they preach Jesus resurrected yeah that's the unity and how they then work together and support one another and you know they learn together and they pray together and you know, and, and we see this often throughout the book of acts Today we're going to continue, you know, building on that and looking at that. But before we do, you know, as as I'm putting this together, just that reminder that you, as you listen to this, you know, it's going out the weekend of Remembrance Day, Remembrance Sunday, yeah, the day that is set aside to remember those who have fallen at the name of our nation fallen in battle to protect our nation you know and so it wouldn't be right that we just plowed into this this week without giving that recognition and so we're going to have our own two minute silence on this podcast this week we're going to have our own moment of remembrance yeah, we remember when we break bread, we remember Jesus' death on the cross. Remember what he has done for us. We don't put soldiers into the same position. They're not Jesus, but they have paid a sacrifice. They've paid the ultimate sacrifice of their lives to keep our freedom. They don't give us eternal life, but they give us the freedom that we have to be able to live our life. Jesus is the only one that can give us that ultimate freedom. And so, as I said, we're going to have our very own act of remembrance. So let's take this moment to partake in this act of remembrance. I'm going to play a piece of music 
and then we're going to go into the act of remembrance. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. The going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them.
when you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow, we gave our today. Thank you for taking part in that act of remembrance. So let's now go to Acts 4, picking up in verse 34. In fact, I'm going to pick it up again from verse 32, just to remind us of the context of all of this. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. It, picking this up, that no one lacked anything. They shared everything. Those with a large financial gain sold all they had to support others. Within the body of believers, there was no one that went without. And there was support. There was financial support. But unfortunately, within the, the church, yeah, this is something that gets abused yeah there's this this thing of you know, the church should be financially supporting and the church is seen as an easy like target for getting finances yeah i, I know personally that people have come to us and have said oh have we got finances for certain things and you know we don't have finances for certain things we don't have finances but yet people always come back they always ask Joe I remember if we we look back at what happens in Acts 3 you know, in Acts 3 when the beggar asks for finances you know he's begging he's asking for money and what is it that Peter says? Silver and gold I have not. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up. In the name of Jesus, stand up. And, and he then helps the beggar to stand up. And the beggar is then healed. Yeah, I remember saying to somebody who was asking you know, constantly for money. Every month they would come and they would ask for money. And one day I said to them, look, you, we don't have the finances, but I do have something more. I have Jesus. And I can share Jesus with you. And we can pray. And I said, pray for your finances. Pray for provision with your finances. And they weren't interested. You know, this is the thing, is that within the whole thing of finances it becomes a burden to people but within coming a burden to people 
it becomes this thing that is just like, you know, I need the money. In fact, money becomes a slave. Or we become a slave to money. Money becomes the master. That's not how it should be. Money is something of this world. Yes, I agree that we need money to be able to live, but come back to what we're seeing in Acts. For those that were in need, there was this sharing. This is something that we have lost within the church today. We've lost this. And what we've seen, sadly, is this whole thing of holding on to money. You know, the whole thing of church becoming a building and we need the finances to keep the building running. That's not what church was meant to be. We then also see, as I said earlier on, about the abuse of money within the church. And so I want us to just look at some scriptures that really bring this of what should happen with finances within the church. We're going to start with 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5 from verse 3. Honour widows who are really widows. But if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. Now she who is really a widow and left alone trusts in God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who lives in pleasure is dead where she lives. And these things command that they may be blameless. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We see two things within this passage. Firstly, the whole thing of needing to discern who is needy. Honour widows who are really widows. Do you know this thing of, are you really a widow? Or are you just you know, making this up? Are you pleading the whole thing of, I'm in this state, when actually that's not true? Is that the direction that somebody is coming at? But actually, they're not in that desperate need. And so, need to discern who is needy. The second thing, you know, in verse 4, about the fact that, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and to repay their parents, for this is good and acceptable before God. It's biblical for family to support you know we see the family of believers supporting one another but if we then break it down into the physical family as well the family you know that is a mother and child etc you know, then we should be supporting children should be supporting their parents if they're in need it's biblical but we sadly don't see this because we have a culture that is you know selfish we have a culture that builds up upon selfishness rather than upon sharing in fact we have a culture as well that doesn't actually hold together family 
and we see family you know breakups and families that are you know disunited but that's not what should be happening and then we also see in verse 8 but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever joe we are to work if we are able we are to provide for our family and if we don't provide then we have denied the faith because this is the whole thing remembering that we are to share we are to love one another and so if we're not providing and not able to share and we're not actually providing for our families then we are as Paul writes worse than an unbeliever because we stand there and we say yes we believe in Jesus and yes I follow Jesus but I don't actually do what I'm told to do that's a dangerous place to be Joe you know, 1 Thessalonians picks up on this as well 1 Thessalonians 4 in verse 11 that you also aspire to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you we're commanded to work we are commanded to work we're not commanded to stay at home and you know to, to play on the xbox or you know to be lazy just to drink or to smoke or what you know we are commanded to work and so this is something else that the church needs to discern you know in handing out money is the person that you're handing out money to are they actually making means themselves to gain money not in an illegal way but by working and uh, this is just what we what we don't see we don't see that we don't see you know sometimes that people are making an effort for work particularly in this day and age within the within the UK where people can live on benefits and actually gain more money by living on benefits so it can be taken abuse of you know the benefits is can be taken abuse of but also the Western world the church can be taken abusive of because people can turn to the church and say oh the church will support me and the church will will get me out of this but biblically that's not how it should be we know what 1 Timothy 6 says I'm sure 1 Timothy 6 from verse 7 for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. You know, the biblical basis that food and clothing is our basics. And therefore, it is what we should be content with. 
that's where we should be that's the level at where we should be happiness for having food and clothing notice it doesn't even say about housing why because if we remember back jesus had nowhere to lay his head you know, we're to trust God for everything and we're to be content with having food and clothing. But then in verse 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows money is one thing that can totally steal us away rob us the devil will get in remember judas had a love of money and despite following jesus for three years satan tempted him and he chose through the temptation to go with the money and betray jesus if we desire to be rich, we will fall into temptation. If our heart's desire is to be rich, we will fall into the temptation. If the church's desire is for the money, it will fall into the temptation. Yeah, and this is the scary thing. Because, and this is what happened with the temple priests. This is what Jesus came and spoke about. Yeah, because the temple priests had gained such a desire for money that they then were doing their own thing. As we saw the other week when we were looking at Caiaphas and the temple leaders, yeah, the, they owned the temple. They became the owners of the temple. And then they started to do all the things that they were doing in the temple that then created you. Know, the whole thing of why when Jesus came in and overturned the tables. The church is not outside of this temptation. But just as the world, the people are not outside of this temptation. And so the church needs to be clear, they need to discern, they need to pray about who do they give money to to support for the reasons that we've been mentioning. And the whole thing as well that the moral conduct of someone should be examined for giving the support. How are they walking? How are they walking? How are they living their lives? These are all biblical things. And so we need to be careful you within the church. But even these can be taken on as believers to be careful about who we share our money with, who we give our money to, who we support. Using these things as a biblical basis. And then we come to Acts 4 verse 36 and we see an example of the giving spirit. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This was a new believer. 
He's a new believer. Why? Because he comes from Cyprus. He's come from a nation outside of Israel. But we also see that he's a Levite. He is a priest. He's of that line. He's of the priestly line. But he's come to Jesus. He's understood who Jesus is. It's been revealed to him. And it is seen here that he had land and he sold it. The giving spirit that is so talked about. Know what we've been talking about. That they sold what they had and bought the proceeds of the things that they were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. This is exactly what we're seeing. And I believe that this is put here by God into the scriptures to give us an understanding of what this looked like. But at the same time, what we're going to see next week is somebody, a couple, that do the complete opposite. Where money still grips them. And in fact, it grips them so much that they lie about it. We see here in verse 36 and 37 that the money, the giving spirit, the giving spirit that we should have, that we should be able to just give away, not worry about have we got enough, but to just give away. That's exactly how Jesus wants us to be. But we worry so much about the finances that we have, have we got enough, that that then affects everything. And it affects our whole life. Do you know, I was someone who used to really worry about money. I used to hate money because I used to worry about it so much. It really led me. It, it, it led my life. And I would work and work and work for money to make sure that we had enough to pay everything that we needed to pay. But also to be able to do and and have so much and it led me totally astray i lost myself in that it was part of my old life and then when you know i met natasha i had shared all this you know, and and we walked it through together the lord brought someone who could walk it through with me could help me to the place where i am today where I can have the trust in the Lord to provide what we need. You know, the world says that you need to save for retirement or for a holiday or whatever. Jesus never says that. Remember what Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. And that's exactly what we should be saying. If I can get through today and I have enough for today, then I'm blessed. I wonder where you are with this, with finances. Because the biblical church should be sharing so that there is no one in need. Are you in need? Are you sharing? 
Are you sharing your finances with others? Yeah, this is often a, a difficult topic to talk about because money drives everything. But I think we need to get to the understanding of this, that money doesn't need to drive everything. Yeah, I've been blessed to, to be in Africa a couple of times and you, there are places in Africa where they don't have money. Money doesn't drive everything, but my goodness do they know how to worship and give everything to God and be happy. There's a joy that is goes beyond any joy that we see in the Western world. They're not bound by money. It's a totally different way of life and culture. But we need to understand this, that money shouldn't drive us. So Father, I pray that the chains of finances are broken over people's lives. The finances will not have control. The finances will not be a slave for us. Finances will not be a master. In the name of Jesus, I break off those chains of finances in people's lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Oh, we will catch up again next week as we dig deeper into this. And as I say, we look at a couple who you know, lied about their finances. When the apostles, when this was all happening, when the body of believers were sharing. We see a situation where money still gripped a couple. But until next week, God bless you. Stay safe, stay protected. And may you know that you are loved. God bless.